want to welcome all of you uh, online joining us. Thank you for being a part of this with us. And uh, for all of you who are here in the house, it's a beautiful summer evening, isn't it? Oh, man, it's good. What? Come all the way over here. I'm going to, I know, you're all shy. Come all the way over here. What? What? I'll tell you what, you two go on this side. You two will be on the side. All right. So we invited a couple of our mission partners in town that we support like month to month, and we support with other ways. Come over here. Okay. So, um, these ladies, uh, Sophia and Gina, they represent uh, Calicento Ranch. They're part of the family that leads that, and there's a whole bunch of people who make that happen. Is Dan and Becky Harris. They're at My City Youth Center. A whole bunch of people make that happen, but they're the leaders there. And uh, so we invited them to come and be a part of this with us tonight because we wanted to give them something extra uh, beyond what we ordinarily give them every month and beyond what people do, like in volunteering. So here's how this happened, and then I'll let you get off the stage because they're very uncomfortable over here. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick note about what they do and why we love them, but I want you to know this. This year, uh, we've been uh, watching as we kind of conclude our budget year. Our budget year starts July 1st, and we kind of like went through stuff, and we're like, wait a minute. We, we have money that we have that we set aside for missions, so we always give away whatever comes in here. We always give away at least 10% of that because that's like even the church tithes back out, and so we, we looked at what we had. We, we have some money left over this year. Should we keep it to ourselves? No, that's not how this works. So we wanted to bless some local ministries. Valley Restart is also one of those, and they're going to be able to be with us next week. But uh, My City Youth Center, uh, what they do, they, they work with uh, the underprivileged kids, at-risk kids in our community, have tons of different programs. And then after the service, if you have any questions, you can go and talk to them. They'll be outside hanging out in the shade, eating ice cream, because we have ice cream outside. So you can have some of that with them. Uh, but they're also big players in the event tomorrow night up at the Bowl with the Extreme Tour. We're a part of that excited to be a part of that with you, buddy, and, and buddette. I don't know. I don't know how you say that. Um, <laughs> both of you. All right. And so Calicento Ranch has this unique special ministry for kids. They, they run camps and programs for kids whose parents, one or more, are incarcerated. And so these are kids who are also at risk. And so that's one of the reasons we love what these two ministries do. And so what we wanted to do is give you guys both a check. You can open it now. And then one of you, probably not one of you, one of you is going to tell us how much is in there because these people don't know yet. All right? Ooh, can we have a drum roll? Everybody, drum roll. Oh, man. This is exciting. Oh! It's the same amount, so don't be stressed. Okay, $12,500. to My City Youth, $12,500 to Calicento Ranch, and $12,500 is going to go to Valley Restart. But don't tell them. It's a secret for them. All right? So let's just take a minute and pray. All right? God, thank you so much for these ministries. We thank you for what they do, especially for kids. Man, kids matter to this church. We know they matter to you. And we ask God that you continue to pour out your blessing on what they do week in and week out. We know there are times it's hard it's a struggle. And so we pray not only for financial provision, God, we're glad we can be a part of that, but we pray, God, for volunteers and helpers and workers who will have a heart for what they're doing as well and come alongside them. Thank you, God. And may you be honored by these ministries in this valley. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. 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 All right. Love you guys. Get off the stage. <laughs> yes. Isn't that awesome? That's so cool. Yeah, we were, we were in a meeting and we were like, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. 
So we're so excited to be able to bless them that way because we know that they bless people around our valley. That, that's awesome, awesome stuff. Well, we are in, if you're brand new, we are in a series working our way through the first 11 chapters of John, which sounds weird, but we're doing half of it this year, and we're going to do half of John next summer. And so we're kind of working our way through, and we're at the end of chapter 6 this week. And then starting next week, we'll just go chapter 7, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11, the next five weeks. So if you want to read ahead, you'll know where we're at. So um, we're at the end of chapter six this week, but before I get there, let me just kind of start this way. Uh, I've been watching statistics. I've been watching what's been happening around the globe. I've been watching what's been happening specifically with the church in America, and this is what I've noticed. People are walking away, like a lot. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with the pandemic. I think that the pandemic exaggerated what was already happening. We've noticed for the last 20 years, American church attendance has been on the decline pretty steadily for the last couple of decades. And then the pandemic hits, and uh, then people feel finally safe to come back, but not everybody got, comes back. I mean, across the nation, it's anywhere from 55 to 70 percent of what it was before uh, the pandemic hit. And and I think that's, that's part of it. I think there, there's, a, there's an underlying issue that's bigger than that. And I think some people are walking away. Some people are literally walking away from their faith. Some people are, are maybe upset or, or bothered by, by the church and what it does or what it doesn't do or the way it says something or the way it doesn't say something, and they're, they're just walking away. And some are, are literally like abandoning their faith altogether, like De- deconstructing that. that that's, the, that's the word now. But as I watched that, I realized that it's possible. It's possible to have doubts and to have major questions and not walk away. And I thought of times in my life where I had doubts, times in my life where I had questions, times when maybe the questions were so big and the answers just didn't seem adequate. I don't know if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, wow, this was painful, this was excruciating, and then we're, we're asking God for help, we're asking people for answers, we're, we're, we're turning anywhere, we just, we can't get the answer. And they're like, what do you do in those moments, right? So I think one of the ways I want to wrestle with what happens in chapter 6 is, is I, want to, I want to just kind of say it this way. This will be like a nutshell. If you're, you're like me, like a headline guy, just give me the headline, then I'll know whether or not I want to listen. So I'm sorry, that's just a direct quote from me in one of my discussions with my wife. Just give me the headline, they don't know if I want to listen. It's not very nice, but I said it to her one time. But I know some of you are like that, like, what's, what's the headline? Here's the headline. It's possible to have faith even when you have questions. And what, what's going to happen in John chapter 6 is so interesting. It's so, it's so riveting. I, I don't want you to miss this. And so I'd like to kind of catch you up. Last week we were in the beginning of chapter 6, and we looked at Jesus feeding 5,000 men plus all the women and all the children. He fed thousands of people off of one little boy's lunch, and we looked at the little boy and some of the things he did. We learned from him as, as well as learning from Jesus. So that's the beginning of chapter 6. At the end of that day, then everybody kind of disperses. Jesus goes off by himself. The disciples go off in their boat. Jesus comes walking along the water, on top of the water. Like, this is not like a normal thing, right? He just walks on the water, meets his disciples. And then the next day, they're at another spot around the edge of the lake. They're at a different place. But the crowd finds him again. And they're like, hey, how'd you get here? Really what they were saying right before they said, how'd you get here? He's like, hey, he's over here. He's over here. I'm hungry again. You know what I'm talking about? 
like he fed us yesterday. Maybe he'll feed us again today, right? And I think Jesus is kind of hip to that whole thing, and he wants to make sure that they are following him for the right reason. So John chapter 6 is like the dividing line. John chapter 6 is where Jesus, like, he, he stirs it up, man. He throws some stuff in there, and by the end of this chapter, most of the people stop following him. John chapter 6 is an important chapter for us. And in John chapter 6, most people stop following him because of several reasons. And what, what I like about this, we're not going to read every verse because there's like 71 verses, but we're, we're going to read a chunk of them on our way through, just kind of observing some of the issues people had with Jesus in the first century. And I think you're going to see that they are the same reasons that people have trouble with Jesus even today. Okay, so let's just walk through some of these. Here's, here's one thing. I think for a lot of people, Jesus is just too unpredictable. Like, too unpredictable. Like, all these people show up and are like, hey, remember yesterday? Hey, how are you doing? How'd you get here? And Jesus is like, he doesn't say this. This isn't one of the verses, but I think he's saying, I'm not a vending machine. Like, you bring your little prayer and your little prayer coin, throw it in the slot, and you get what you want. Like, I want a meal. I want a miracle today. I want another one of those free miracle lunches today. That would be great, Jesus. But Jesus isn't predictable. We can't figure him out just like that. Okay, so, so look at this. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. This is, this is a huge line right here, but I want to focus on the word signs. He says, you're following not because of the signs. Now, the purpose of a sign is to give direction, right? The, the purpose of a sign is to, to point you to something, and sometimes signs are like obscure and signs are confusing and signs don't make a lot of sense. Like some of these signs, check out, check out these signs, okay? Stop, but you can't go left, can't go right, can't go back, can't go forward. So I, can you imagine the, 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 you know, the traffic right there? But this, I love this one. Right lane must right left. Uh, what? Right? So confusing. Check this one out. Stop. No stopping anytime. Right on the same spot. Like, that doesn't make any sense, but this is my favorite one. Check this one out. Good luck. <laughs> just, just good luck. That's all we got for you on that sign right there. So Jesus, here's the deal. He, he does these signs. He calls his miracle signs. He does these signs because they point somewhere. <laughs> they point to him. The problem is not the sign. It's, it's very clear. They point to him. So here's, here's the sign, and here's how Jesus is going to use the sign to point to him. So he's like, yep. Yesterday fed thousands of people. All of you had bread. All of you had more than enough. How many basketfuls were left over last week? For those of you who are here, 12. 12 basketfuls of leftovers off one little meal that fed thousands of people. He's got, he got, you ate so much, you were full, and then there was leftovers. I did that for you yesterday. Here's what the sign means. You ready? Jesus says it. I am the bread of life. Like the sign, the miracle, is pointing to me. But see, they were caught up in the sign. They were, they were caught up in the experience. And in fact, a lot of people today still chase the experience without really chasing the source. They go to a worship service and they feel a certain way. They'll go, ooh, I want that again. And they keep looking for another church that gives them that feeling. Instead of just spending time with Jesus, he's the one by his spirit 
who does what only he can do in our life. And so these guys, they want Jesus to do it again. But Jesus is saying, no, the, the sign was, was here for a reason. It was here for a purpose. And that's because I'm the bread of life. Okay, let, let's keep reading. So they asked him, well, what sign then will you give that? We may see it and believe you. <laughs> what will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And I'm thinking to myself as I read this, didn't he just do this yesterday? Like 24 hours ago. He did exactly what they're asking for, but they want it again today. See, they want, this is important, they want the results, but they want the control. They want the results, but they want the control. And this is what it sounds like today. You know, I've, I, I tried that prayer thing. I don't, I, it doesn't work. Like I, I prayed and prayed and prayed and still this happened. Or I prayed, and I, I mean, I don't even know if God's, God's listening to me. I told you before, if you're brand new, I'll catch you up to speed. I started losing my hair when I was like 18, a long time ago. I was tough on a teenager. I had really, really, really thick hair, and it started just going away. And I could start to see my scalp, which I'd never seen before. I get into my young 20s, my early 20s. And somebody asked me, because it's obvious I'm losing my hair, and I said, do you ever pray for hair? And I'm like, yes. I pray almost every night for hair. And then it started growing on my back. <laughs> so I tell people, be specific in prayer, right? But even when you're specific, God may not do what you want, when you want it, the way you want it. He's not a vending machine. He's not predictable. In fact, Jesus is anything but predictable, right? Okay, here's another thing, though. Some people find Jesus too simple. I mean, the gospel message is really actually pretty simple. It's powerful because it's simple. And maybe Jesus pushes back a little bit on this, the whole discussion, because there's a whole thing going back and forth here. And I think part of what Jesus does is he's like pushing back on their, on their shallowness, like on their religious superficial kind of approach to life. And in fact, their response to Jesus pushing back is they say what really truly religious people say. Okay, now listen to this. This is what they say. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? I mean, that's a very religious question. What must we do? By the way, Jesus never asked you to do more or to work harder. Did you know that? He asks you to follow me. That's what he says. Follow me. But a religious person is going to ask it this way. Well, how many Bible verses do I need to memorize? And how, much, how many chapters do I need to read every day? And how many times do I need to go to church every month? And how much do I have to give? And if there's a mission trip, do I have to go to this one? Can I wait to the next one? If there's a life group, okay, I'll, okay, I'll go to the next life. I'll, I'll get it. I, I promise that I will. And the idea is that, by the way, all those things will benefit you and they will help you and they will build up your relationship with Jesus and they will help you live out your relationship with Jesus. But the reason Jesus is put off by this is because religious people ask it this way. How many things do I have to do to make you happy, God? How many things do I have to do to make you accept me? How many things do I have to do so I can squeak into heaven? That's a very religious question. 
And Jesus isn't down with that. He's simple. Listen to this. Jesus answered, the work of God is this. This is how simple it is. To believe in the one he has sent. You know why religious people don't like this? Because they can't look down their nose at someone else because they've got a list and they've done a really good job and they've worked hard, but that person hasn't. It feels really good. Like There's a lot of pride in religious activity. He says, no, here's the thing. Just believe in me. It's simple. Okay? You can go back to that one. So here's, here's what religious people would say. God helps those who help themselves. By the way, does anybody know where that is in the Bible? It's not in there. How many of you have heard that before? Maybe, don't raise your hand. I mean, you thought it was in the Bible. It sounds like a Bible thing, right? If I could summarize, this isn't a verse either, but if I could summarize it, this would be more accurate. Okay, you ready? God helps those who can't help themselves. In our sin, we are absolutely, hopelessly dead. We're going to look at that further next week in chapter 7. But God helps those who can't help themselves. It's so simple. Religious people don't like it that way, though. And so they're pushing back, and so Jesus pushes back on them, right? It's too simple. Here's another thing. For some people, Jesus is just too incredible. Now, I don't mean incredible in a good way. I mean, like, when somebody's, maybe, maybe outrageous is a better word. That's why I put it there. Like, this is too far out there. This is too over the top. Jesus is too crazy, incredible, outrageous. Like, this doesn't even make sense. Okay, so, so watch this. At this time... Or at, at this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Okay, remember, 24 hours ago, he multiplied the bread and the fish and fed thousands of people. But they're, today they're saying, yeah, but we know him. And Jesus is saying, what? I'm the bread of life? I came down from heaven? By the way, it's not the only claim that was outrageous to them. Just about every claim Jesus made was outrageous to them. He said, I am the light of the world, and I am the gate, and I am the good shepherd, and I am the way, and the truth, and the life, and I and the Father are one. It's like, his claims are outrageous. Most people are comfortable with Jesus being a religious teacher, even a great religious teacher even a good religious leader. But he said he was God. Now we're going to the incredible. Now we're going to the outrageous. It's a little too far. Okay, another thing. Some people think he's just too weird. Okay, this one's going to blow you away. In John chapter 6, Jesus says something. I, I know that the moment he said it, that everybody just like stopped breathing for a second. And they looked around, like they looked at their friend. Did, did, he, did he just say that? Is that, did you, did you hear the same thing I heard? Did, Jesus, could you repeat that? You know, it's like, like he couldn't have said that, but he did. He said, in fact, not only am I the bread that came down from heaven, you need to eat my body and drink my blood. Okay. Weird. He said, my, my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. What? So listen to what happens. 
Then the Jews, and really every time he uses the word Jews, capital J here, he's talking about the religious leaders. They're all Jews, by the way. He's talking about the religious leaders. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now we have 2,000 years of history to make sense of this. We have the art, we have songs, we have teaching, we have the Bible. We know about communion. We just did it. We know about the Lord's Supper. We know we take a piece of bread and we take a cup of juice and we remember the body and the blood of Jesus. We, we participate in his sacrificial death that covers our sin. Like, wow, what a beautiful picture and a beautiful reminder what he did for us. But they didn't have all that background yet, right? He says, you need to eat my body and drink my blood. Ooh, this is weird. Jesus could explain that if they were just patient. If they would just wait for the understanding. See, here, here's the cool thing. Jesus, I love the way he teaches. He literally messes with people on purpose. Have you noticed that? Like he just says stuff and then just lays it out there. Sometimes it's a puzzle, sometimes it's a parable, but a lot of times he says it and like nobody, like not even his closest followers know what he's talking about. Like, wow. And then they waited out, waited out, waited out. And then later on to those who are still hanging around, he goes, hey, let me explain that. And like, oh, that makes perfect sense. See, I didn't know what the seed was and the different sower and the ground. And I, I didn't know what you're talking about, but now it makes sense now that you've explained it, right? And it's kind of like faith for me and for you. Faith is one of those things where we, we begin and we don't fully understand God, right? It's like we, we just start and there's things about God that just completely blow our mind. Like, how do I even wrap my head around that concept? Like, God had no beginning. He has no end. He's not limited by time, space. Like, what? What is? Wow. But what God has done is he's revealed enough about himself. He's shown me enough about himself that I trust him in the stuff that I can't understand. Now, here's, here's the amazing thing. Are you ready? I've been a Christian for more than 50 years. And I still don't have God figured out. I still have questions about God. I still have questions about Jesus. I still have questions about the Holy Spirit. I still have questions about the Bible. There are things about God that are just beyond this little pea brain. It's just, it's not going to happen. It's not going to get in there. Maybe someday when we're in heaven, more things will make sense. But right now, I can't make sense of all of it. But I make sense of enough of it that I trust him with the rest. Of it. Does that make sense? Like, like faith is not a blind leap. It's like, I know enough about God. In fact, Jesus said, you don't even have to have a whole bunch of faith. You just have to have like a little mustard seed. That's all you need. Now here's, the, here's the key. It's where you place your faith. You know, I, when I hear people talk about faith, you just got to have faith. They're talking about faith in themselves. Like, huh, fail. That's not going to work. But if I have just a little bit, but I put that in God, and I, and I realize, like, this is what I know about God. Man, God did this, God did this, God did this. God, God, yeah. You know what? I don't understand. I don't understand how he could do that miracle but I think he did it. I mean, if I go back to Genesis chapter one, like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If he can do that, then I think he can, he can part the water so people could walk through, right? If he, if he made it all, it's like, 
some miracles are like beyond my understanding, but I'm just going to say, you know what? I see what God's able to do. I'm going to trust that he can do the rest. So for some people, like what Jesus says is weird. Like it's, it's, it's a big leap. But it's not that far if you just start with who God is and then just wait and listen and allow his spirit to guide you and, and bring you into a further understanding. I, that does happen, even though we're not going to understand it all because our mind is not his mind. But he just continually gives us more and reassures us and strengthens our faith. That's, that's how God operates, right? Here's another thing, though, that people um, kind of see when they think of Jesus. Some people find he's too uncomfortable. Ugh. Like, he says things that are just like, like the last thing. Like, I don't even know what to do with that, right? That, that's like kind of big. I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to work. Okay, let's keep reading. John 6, verse 60 says, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Okay, we're going to just stop here for a second. This is the uncomfortable part. There are things that Jesus teaches us that are uncomfortable. There are things that stretch us, things that make us uncomfortable, things that we're like, I don't even know if I like that. Let me give you an example. I don't like the verse in the Bible where Jesus said, and Jesus said it, okay? So I don't, I don't like the verse in the Bible where Jesus says, if you don't forgive other people, God won't forgive you. I don't like that one. But it's there, so I am going to accept it. I'm going to believe that he's telling me the truth, and I'm going to work at forgiving people because I want to be forgiven, right? Some people are like, I don't, I don't know if I like Jesus teaching on, on morality and, and sexual purity, it's so restrictive during Pride Month when we're told that we should be able to do whatever we want to do. God says, no, there's some parameters for that. And some people are like, I don't even know if I like when, when the Bible tells me that my stuff and my money and my time is actually God's stuff and God's time and God's... He's like, no, it's mine. No, I earned it. No, God says, no, I gave it to you. Now use it in a way that honors me. Like, mm, I, that's uncomfortable. But even though it's uncomfortable, the blessing comes when we, when we accept it and we, we obey. Think, think of Moses. We brought him up last week. Remember, Moses has all these excuses. And God says, throw that staff on the ground, turns into a snake. We talked about that last week. But he had, he had a number of excuses, but Moses did eventually go. What a blessing. Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, probably a teenage girl, gets visited by an angel, and the angel says, you're going to be the mother of God, like in the flesh. And she's got a few questions. She actually voices it. We read about it in Luke. It's like, um, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel kind of explains it. And so I think there's that leap of faith for her. She just says, she says this, may it be to me as you have said. Like that, that doesn't even make sense. Your explanation doesn't, still doesn't make sense to me. But I believe you, and I want to accept. It's like, yeah, it's hard, but the blessing comes when we follow through, even though it's challenging, even though it's, it's uncomfortable for us, right? So all these things are, are happening. All these challenges are there in front of us. They were for them, and people started walking away. Okay, let's read on. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? 
Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. I'm just going to skip down to verse 66. Let's keep going. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. So he had his 12 disciples, but he had other people who were following him. That's what the word disciple means. And so there's other people who are really engaged, like really following, like, man, maybe this is the Messiah. Maybe this is the Christ. But in chapter six, they're like, hmm, man, this is tough. This is hard. I'm not sure I can accept this. And it's, it's possible that they did understand what he was saying. They just weren't up for it. And maybe, maybe the same question is asked of us. I know life is hard. We, we just sang a song about, you know, the highlands. Like, we're going we're gonna to worship him at the top of the mountain and in the valley. Where our faith is going to be intact no matter where we are in that journey. It's like, no matter what's happening, circumstances around us, we know that God is still there, even in the shadows. Like, wow, what a great song. But that's the kind of thing we need to have in mind when Jesus asks us, so are you going to walk away too? You know, maybe, maybe you've been praying and you prayed specifically and you prayed hard and you prayed passionately, you prayed fervently and they still died. You know, our church had that experience just 10 months ago with Pastor Jeremy, 40 years old, died of COVID, no real major health issues prior to that. Leaves a wife and two little boys in middle school. And we were all praying. It's like, I don't have an answer for that. I don't know God's why on that one. But I choose to continue to trust God and walk with him, knowing that God will walk with me even through the pain of that. But he's saying when stuff hits hard, when it hits hard, he's gonna, are, are you going to walk away too? Maybe you see somebody that you look up to in the faith, but they fall flat on their faith. Are you, are you going to walk away too? When you struggle, when you hurt, when life doesn't make sense all the time, are you going to walk away too? Like that, that's the question he keeps coming back to here. Are you going to walk away too? And I, I love the way that Peter responds to this. Because Peter's response, I hope, I hope it's my response. When things hit and they hit hard, I think, I think what Peter says in just a, a two little verses kind of will help us understand this whole thing and, and this picture. So let's go on here. And here's what I wrote. Why stay with Jesus even when you have questions? <laughs> well, here's the first thing. Where else am I going to go, right? This is what Peter says. He answers him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Like people sometimes think, oh, here's my option. I can have life and trouble without God, or I can have peace in the easy street with God. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not your option. Your option in this life on planet earth is going to be trouble without him or trouble with him. But man, I would much rather have him with me. That's, that's the option. Mark chapter 9 is a great little story. A father comes to Jesus. He's got a son that needs to be healed. And he says, Jesus, if you can, would you please heal my son? And Jesus is like, if I can. That's what he says. He says, I don't know how he said it, but it was kind of, I kind of hear him like, if I can, come on, man, this is going to be fun. If I can, he says, if you believe, everything's possible. And the guy says, the father says, I believe, 
Help me with my unbelief. I'm like, how cool and honest and raw is that, right? But Jesus, you know what Jesus does? He commends him for his faith, even the little bit he has, and he heals his son. I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. Man, we could all relate to that. We all have our doubts on certain days, right? So where else am I going to go? Like, I'd rather go with you than anywhere else, right? Another way to say it is this. What else? Peter keeps going. You have the words of eternal life. Like, what other options are there, Jesus? Like, all these people are walking away, but what are they going to walk to? Like, we have other religions, other systems, other opportunities, other ways to... No, there's nobody else who died for my sins. There's nobody else who walked out of the grave. There's nobody else who is God and who loves me like he loves me. There's no place else. Like, what else am I going to do, right? And then he says, like, who else? That's the way I would... All three of these things come out of the same little passage. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. It's like, who else are we going to go to? What else are we going to do? Where else are we going to find life and hope and answers? You're it, Jesus. Many of you know I have a granddaughter. She's going to be three and a half next month. Her name is Vera, and she is a blast to be around. Can we show that picture? Here's Vera and I on a photo shoot we did together. Um, this little girl is spicy, man. She is fun. She is awesome. So on Father's Day, after church, they were all over at our house, and I went home, and like a good poppy, I grilled out. We had a good time. But right when I get home, she opens the garage door, and she says, Happy Father's Day! Like, like she has a dad. He's a great dad, but I'm her poppy, and so I got Happy Father's Day from her too. And then she gave me this card, okay? So I want you to see this. I know you can't read it from where you're at, but I'm going to explain it. She gave me hair. I thought, wow, what a gift. What an amazing, amazing gift she gave me. We colored part of it together, but it says all about my grandpa. Now, they call me poppy. The other, the other grandpa is grandpa, so my daughter crossed out grandpa and put poppy on all these but what she does is she asks Vera the question, and then Vera answers, and Sam, our daughter, she just writes down whatever she says. My poppy's name is John. Like, she knows all of our names. She knows our nicknames. She's smart. He is, I don't know, years old. She later guessed 20. Okay, cool. His job is work at the church. Right? She knows. His favorite thing to do is play with me. I think she might be right. I don't know. That's pretty cool right there. His favorite thing to eat is broccoli and chips. I don't know where that came from. I don't mind either. I would not put them on my list of favorites. My favorite thing to do with my poppy is go to the park. Aww. The one thing I hear poppy say a lot is, I love you. I'm coming back to that one. I love my poppy because he makes funny faces and then she signs it V. I'm gonna come back to this one. The one thing I hear Poppy say a lot is I love you. I hope that's always true. I hope when she's 15 or 25 or 50, if I'm still around on planet Earth, I hope I'm not here in 46 and a half years. I hope I'm not, please Jesus, take me home. But for as long as I know her, I want her to hear from me a lot. I love you, I love you, I love you. And here's the cool thing. That's what Jesus says to you. 
He said it 2,000 years ago on the cross. He said, I love you. He says it every morning with the sunrise, at the end of every day with the sunset, I love you. He says it to you in multiple ways every day, I love you. I love you. There's no other religious system offers love and grace like this. Some of you uh, maybe like everybody loves Raymond. I should say some of you love everybody loves Raymond, yeah. Um, Ray is, is, his wife, Deborah, is played by Patricia Heaton. Patricia Heaton is uh, an actress. She's also now a Christian. When she tells her story, she says it this way. I, I grew up in a pretty well traditional Catholic family. And about the age of 12, her mom passed away. And it wrecked her. She went into a spiral of depression. She goes, in my early 20s, I was running as fast as away, uh, away as I could from God. And I'd be out partying on Saturday night, but I would still, like a good Catholic girl, go to Mass on Sunday. And she goes, my religious acts I was doing, in fact, that's what they were. They were just an act. She goes, somewhere along the way, God truly got a hold of me because I realized how much he loved me. That, that's what got through to her at some point. I'm going I'm to read something that she says. She says, I have to keep reminding myself, if you give your life to Jesus, he doesn't promise you happiness and that everything will go well, but he does promise you peace. In fact, the point in Christianity is that your life is in submission to Jesus, as opposed to having an agenda and help and hoping that if we add God into the mix, he's going to help us accomplish our agenda. Unfortunately, a lot of people everywhere, and especially in Hollywood, just add on some kind of spiritual thing to make their life work better. And then she says this, listen. They make their spirituality a part of their life as opposed to the core of their life. Jesus is not a crutch. Jesus must be your life. I believe Jesus is the way. How did she get there? It dawned on her how much Jesus loved her. It dawned on her how much God loved her. And that's what pierced a depressed, frantic, running soul. And that's what does it over and over. And over. I, I tell people all the time, you're not going to argue your friends into faith, but you just might love them into it. And they're going to ask their questions. You need to come up with some good answers and work with them on that. But it's love is going to be the difference maker. Love is going to be the difference maker. So I'm going to go back to Jesus' question. You're not going to leave too, are you? Or are you going to follow me? I hope you just say with all your heart, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like or next month or next year or whatever. It's like this world is a crazy world. We don't know what's going to happen. But Jesus, I want to be by your side all the way. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace, for your love. Thank you for reminding us in John 6 how challenging sometimes your words are, but God, we, we're going to say it too. Where else do we go? You alone have the words of life. You alone hold the keys to salvation. You alone gave your life for us on a cross. God, where else are we going to go? We're all in all in. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
So here's what I want you to do as we respond. Uh, if you're new to this, or maybe you're new and wrestling with, uh, do I really want to give Jesus my life? I hope if you're not ready to say yes tonight, at least you're ready to say, hey, I've got some questions. And so I'm just going to encourage you to ask them. Afterwards, after this last song, just come up and, and pray with somebody and just tell them, hey, I, I want to I know more about Jesus, or I'm, I'm ready to be all in, or whatever, whatever it is. Just, just come up here and talk to somebody. Or if you have something going on, you just need prayer, just make your way up here. Or maybe on your, your app, you can just on the communication card, just check it on there. I'm ready to be baptized or I'm going to give my life to Christ or come find us outside. Or if you're watching online, just you can actually do this uh, with an email, office at community.cc. Just let us know your decision and we'd love to hear from you, right? We're going to go back to this song, uh, how we, we build our life on who Jesus really is. All right, so I'm going to ask you to stand. Let these words sink in. May they be... Uh, a challenge and an encouragement to you as we start uh, another week ahead.